0: Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author, Becca Eisenberg, brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities.
1: My name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number eight. Today, I'll be interviewing Julie Harnock, author speaker and autism advocate when her daughter lizzie was diagnosed with autism at the age of two julie jumped into researching and implementing a 30 hours a week home therapy program a few years later as her daughter made good progress julie went through her videos and began a video blog showing lizzie's progress to encourage others as a result of the video blog julie became the go-to mom for helping parents with a new autism diagnosis and was honored to accept a position on the board of the National Autism Association of North Texas. She was also asked to blog for Autism Spot. Blogging regularly enabled her to encourage and help thousands across the globe through humorous, heartfelt stories about Lizzie and videos showing the therapies she was using to help her daughter progress. Through AutismSpot.com, Julie discovered her love for writing. She's published short stories in multiple chicken soup for the Soul Bucks, and her work has also appeared in Scary Mommy, Parenting Special Needs Magazine, Autism Parenting Magazine, The Mighty, That's Inappropriate, and many more. Her first book, which we're going to talk about today, United in Autism, Finding Strength Inside the Spectrum, released in October 2018. The book, United in Autism, Finding Strength Strength Inside the Spectrum, brings together 30 inspiring and heartfelt stories from parents raising children from all places on the spectrum and from all corners of the world. These mothers and fathers have experienced some of the worst of what this is, this disorder can do, but in seeking help, they found it and more. Now they pay it forward by sharing their accounts and giving back to the autism community. To learn more about Julie, visit her website at julieharnock.com. So Julie, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to ask you some questions about your book. Um, <clears throat> I was just saying before that when I got the book in the mail, within one day, I read the whole book. I just, I I loved it. I I think it was so heartfelt, the stories and just, I, I, what I loved about it was just a variety of stories. And that's what we're going to talk about because one of my first questions is, so when I received it, I was very impressed with the, the presentation, the mission of your work. So I, I would like to just know a little bit more about the inspiration behind this book.
0: Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, and I am an autism mom. I have a daughter who's 16 year old now that who was diagnosed when she was two years old. And when she was diagnosed, it was, I mean, it was just, it was devastating. It was so hard. I felt like all I did was autism from, you know, just around the clock day after day after day. And I think I woke up like five years later and realized like my friends were gone. I never went out. I never did anything but autism. Um, and so as my daughter began to progress, I wanted to give back to the moms still in the trenches. And I felt like my life had gotten a little bit easier. And so I started to, with through the National Autism Association of North Texas, I started doing a mom's event and it, this mom's event was like the Oprah moment for mm-hmm. our moms. You know, I wanted them to I didn't want it to be like, oh, you're just going to come for dinner. You're going to come for dinner. We're going to have inspirational speaking. We're going to love you. We're going to give you gifts. We're going to make it like super awesome. You know, <laughs> um, and every year we've done this for like eight years. I just wanted to give them the perfect book to take home and to sit in the bathroom and cry and eat oreos and read a story that would inspire them in the midst of it and so i couldn't find it anywhere and i went ahead and wrote it because it didn't exist and it, i think it was it was needed
1: and so how did you connect with the families in the book do you know them personally or how did you get like how did that's that's what i was curious about how you connected with all the families in the book absolutely i I know some of them. And, you know, Dallas-Fort
0: Worth seems to be like a weird hub for autism. We have a ton of services here. Um, So I have found that people move to this area for autism if they have the money for it. They don't have like great state services, but we have lots of opportunity if you can pay for it. And so, I mean, I find people are moving from all over the world here for a summer or for a year or something like that to get treatment. So I've been able to network with those people that are kind of coming in and out through the community. But then several areas, I would connect with the nonprofits in that area and I would try and find who they felt to be their most inspirational parent. And it was really important to me. I didn't want all kids that had gotten better or I didn't want I wanted kids on all parts of the spectrum. Okay, even if your kid is still severe and you've been at this 20, 30 years and you're but you're inspirational, what does that look like? So I wanted to find parents that actually seem to be helping others in the midst of it.
1: So does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. I mean, I've been recommending this book because I've been working for about 20 years with children and adults with autism and I, I wanted to share a book also with them to show them because a lot. I think a lot of times, you know, I do a lot of parent training too, and I think a lot of times, you know, the parents they do feel alone and they feel that, you know, they have like just what you were explaining because I work with young children also in preschool, mm-hmm. and they feel that they, you know, they don't have like that that support network and. Yeah. It's just so important what you provided for other parents. And I think even just like reading the book will provide some comfort in kind of just knowing what you were saying that in all different, all different situations and also all different ages as well, because what I loved about your book, it's really across the lifespan, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's really what, what autism is. It is across the lifespan. It's not like, you know, you 21, it just goes away. So I think, uh, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was going to say, I just really want young parents to know that no matter how your child progresses, that is not what your happiness depends on. And you're able, you're going to be okay if your child is doing awesome and dominating and going out on their own, or if your child is still home with you when they are 60, you are going to be okay in the midst of it. You, it is, it is possible for you to find a new way to live and to be satisfied within that life um, and we tend to think it's all over if our kid doesn't progress the way we want him or her to. And that is just not the case. It is not the case at all. So I hope to show that with these stories.
1: Yeah, and I also just, I also feel sometimes too, you know, even those parents of adults with autism, I think sometimes what happens when, you know, I see a lot of kids also through transition when they graduate high school. And for those kids who have, let's say, more severe autism, and I'm seeing the kids who are, you know, needing some sort of augmentative alternative communication. And I find a lot of the parents, once they graduate high school, they find that they lose a lot of that support because they don't have the support of the school anymore because they're in, say, they're in a program or they're in the community community or that their child's working. Um, and I also think it's just really nice, like to, you know, you're kind of giving stories from all walks of life, you know, and also from all around the world. And that's something that I also want to talk about, you know, not just, let's say, in the United States. I loved how you included stories from just all over the world. And I was curious about how did you choose which ones to feature? Because I'm sure that you had a ton of different stories that were offered to you? And how did you choose which one should go in the buck?
0: Well, I wanted to make sure that the parents had been through, really been through it. And, and I mean that by like they had really felt the, the heaviness of autism. So at some point they had grieved what they'd been through. Um, and then they had in turn connected with community and then used what they had learned to give back to either an autism community or just humanity in general, because I think an important part of this process is recognizing in in the harder things of our life. That's how we grow and that's how we better ourselves. And that's how we're, in a- we're able to do more in the world. And I was seeking parents with that same point of view that they had either done it thinking about it or not thinking about it, but somehow they're giving back in the midst of their hard times.
1: And also, just one thing I also want to say is that, so after each story, there's an organization that that specific parent I guess dedicates their time or they've donated money to, and I think that's also really important because that's another great resource for families mm-hmm. is that they're gonna see all these great organizations that they could go to for support as well, yeah,
0: absolutely yeah the, the organizations it's so much fun to learn about what the how they're each catering to the specific needs in their communities. And I, it feels wonderful to be able to support those. And I know everyone in the book puts so much time and effort into them. So, yeah.
1: And which story do you find most compelling? I mean, I'm sure you love them all, but is there one that really stuck out? I do love them all. (laughs) I
0: love them all, but I, so Rahel from Ethiopia, um, it was, of course, it's such a different culture and I found it so fascinating, but I found the need so enormous. And there was so much I didn't put in the book because it was honestly almost a little bit too unbelievable. And their hardship is like, we think we have it hard here in the States with with not the perfect services, but their hardship, they're up against a whole culture of, that thinks that their child is cursed. And I can't even imagine what that would be like to have your child be seen as cursed or, and then not allowed to go to school. And then you to have no way to provide for that child. And then they're not to be, even if you did have a way to provide for them, or there would be no education on how to help them. And so it's like the the stacks are against them. And yet you see people thriving in the midst of that as well. And it's just a whole different ball game. I, after I actually got to meet with Raquel in person and it was amazing to talk with her. And we had a translator, um, and she's beautiful and intelligent and just everything you'd want her to be. But I, I drove home from meeting with her and I just, I was just, I could not stop crying. And I literally cried for days because the need was so enormous. And, um, I'm definitely going to we're we're actually I started a nonprofit and we're doing all kinds of things and that's one of the areas we're going to be helping in so
1: oh, i'd love to i'd love to actually talk more about that a little bit about, about your nonprofit could you talk a little bit about that Absolutely. So
0: I didn't plan on doing a nonprofit, but after meeting some of the families in the book, and then the book opened opportunities for me to take these moms events, because what was happening with these moms events, in and we were doing them in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, was that moms—we thought it would be like a fun respite, kind of let's just forget our troubles for a night, but it became a place where moms met moms that became their lifeline in the journey, and so— it became so much more important than just a night out where people were really meeting people that would carry them because we need each other so much. And as much as we want our providers to do it or an organization to do it, it's really all about meeting someone else going through the journey that you have stuff in common that you can call when you're on the ledge. And we're going to be on that ledge like a billion times in our life, you know, Um, just someone face-to-face that you can meet and that keep in touch with. So we saw the need for that. And the book opened the door, to bring these across the United States. And I hope to bring them uh, to different areas of the world too, but I opened the nonprofit so that we can begin to go to different areas and bring these to organizations all across the U S. And then we have seen the need in Ethiopia. I just, I don't feel like I can turn a blind eye. I've felt it. I've seen it. I have to do something about it. So we have the resources here to help with the education piece. And so, I'm working with a BCBA and then with a lady who is from Ethiopia um, who knows Rahel. So we're kind of integrating all kinds of organizations to get this done. But we're putting together education to bring to them and then put on a seminar and then giving them the equipment so they can keep it. And then we can continue to send information that will help them with their specific needs they're dealing with in Ethiopia for their kids.
1: Yeah, because when I was, you know, when I was reading the book, and I've also just just as being a speech pathologist and kind of connecting with other people just outside the United States, you know, it really is very hard for families because they just don't have access to those kind of services. Yeah. And I know that in a lot of other countries, I had I guess Guatemala. I had been speaking to somebody uh, on a Skype call, and they were also saying just as far as you know, the parent support, as far as like the communication goes for their for their children, and I don't really have access to that. So I just think it's such an important thing what you're doing. Um, because you're, you know, you're not only helping people here in the United States, but also to be able to go to other countries and help access, you know, that education for the parents. Because I think a lot of times people don't have access to that knowledge, that information, and then once they have it, they're able to utilize it. So it's just really fantastic what you're doing. Thank you, and yeah, it's, it's amazing to watch how they will take the smallest glimpse
0: of information and bring it to their kids. And then you see them bringing it to other families. So it, the information will spread. And that's, that's what we're hoping to do.
1: And so what are your goals for the future? Because I also see that you have a book that you're working on, right? I do. I have, a, my my daughter and I are working on this together and it's
0: called Normal is Boring. And we are working, it basically is a little bit of our my story from my point of view, a little bit of the story from her point of view. And then it shares one of the pivotal times kind of in both of our journey was when she started to recognize and realize that she's different. And it was really hard to watch as a mom because it's like she went from being oblivious and not caring what anyone thought of her to really caring what everyone thought of her and she wasn't fitting in and it was really a problem. So I wrote her a book that explained autism and what it meant for her life. And it was a very personal book. and. She was able to look back at it and go through it in chunks and then kind of move forward in her journey. But I watched her go through a year of an entire grieving process. And a lot of times we think about the parents grieving, but we don't realize when our kids realize they're different and they're not going to be the same as the world, they have to go through their own process of being okay with who they are. So on the end of the book, it'll show our book that I wrote for her, and then it will give a template of what someone else can do for their child to make a book for them to, to explain the same thing, the information of, okay, you have autism. It's going to be okay. Here's what you need to know kind of thing. So
1: I think that's really important because I know a lot of parents, that's one of the things that comes up a lot is that they'll, you know, they'll ask me or we'll just be having conversation and they say, well, should I tell them that they have autism? And so um, that's just one of the things that comes up, not just with autism, but also other disabilities that, Parents don't know um, if they should tell their children and if they tell them, how do they tell them? So I feel like that's a really good tool for parents because I think that's one of the questions that I think I've seen come up a lot. And I work with adults, you know, I work with some adults who don't, let's say, know that they have autism. And so what do you think, I mean, what have you seen, like just personally, the benefits of, let's say, telling your child about it?
0: Well, it, it it was really hard at first and she had to kind of take it in chunks because I can only imagine the rose colored glasses that were ripped off, you know, at that moment. But what it's enabled her to be confident in herself eventually, like it took a while, but she realized I am different, but it's okay because I don't want to be the same as everyone else. And I think it's honestly what, even if you look at our typical teens, they are so busy in middle school and high school trying to be like everybody else. But then you get to college and you realize if you're going to be successful, you have to be different and you have to stand out. Well, our kids can have the benefit of knowing, guess what? You already stand out, you know, and let's look at what autism does for you. Like my daughter has an incredible memory. My daughter doesn't get nervous when she gets up in front of people. And there's different things that, she has that some other typical person might not have that we can use to her advantage and they make her uniquely her and so i think she's really confident in that she doesn't shy away from talking about it or telling people she still tries to fit in a whole lot but at the same time she she loves who she is and that is my goal for all of my kids is to let them love who they are and to u- utilize their strengths and become the best version of themselves
1: and i also think it helps somebody advocate for themselves as well because mm-hmm. if they're more in touch with let's say the you know strengths and weaknesses that everybody has you know i mean whether you have a disability or not we all have our strengths and strengths and weaknesses so i think it also helps just I mean, you were saying like build confidence and also as she gets older to be able to advocate for whatever she may need absolutely that's a great point yeah so is there anything else that you want to add That you want to talk about? I really just like to tell parents
0: to know that they're going to be okay, and no matter how desperate it is, no how hard it is right now, and our kids are not going to stop learning unless we stop teaching. So we need to remember to continue to make little steps of progress because over the span of years, that progress does add up. And we can help our kids become the best versions of themselves. So it it is going to be okay (laughs) and to hang in there and that there are people that understand you're never alone.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I I can't agree more with that because I also think just for parents to know that to continue getting, you know, like the services and the therapy. And I actually recently started, I have about two or three clients who are in their fifties, just learning how to communicate um, with autism. And so The learning doesn't stop. It doesn't just only have to happen during, you know, when they're a child, even when you're an adult, you should never give up and you should continue to keep trying and uh, like, and you keep learning no matter how old you are. So I think it's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime.